And hello again, Timberwolves fans. Welcome into another episode of Timberwolves Explosion, our 20th episode. So our first milestone, or second milestone, I guess you could call it. Uh, episode 10 was our first. Welcome aboard. We are available on thesportstuff.com and iTunes and Timberwolves Press. Thank each and every one of you for downloading and listening to this wonderful show about your favorite team, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Well, first and foremost, on thesportstuff.com, we have a message boards. On the front page in the upper right-hand corner, click on the button that says TSS Boards. That is how you can sign up to be a part of our forums and vote on our polls, especially for Timberwolves Explosion. You click on the podcaster section, Timberwolves Explosion. That is how you can vote on the polls as I will be reviewing a poll from a few shows ago, and we will be introducing a new poll today on Sunday, February the 22nd, 2009. So that is the deal today. Also, TimberwolvesPress.com, we are also available on that site as well. Thank you again, Alec and Joe, for having me on that site and for expanding this Timberwolves Explosion podcast Alrighty, well, on today's show, episode number 20, we are going to talk about the McCants trade. Rashad McCants and Calvin Booth traded to the Sacramento Kings for Sheldon Williams, fifth overall pick in 06, along with Bobby Jones. Bobby Jones, who is an intriguing, uh, diamond in the rough, potentially. We'll, 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 we'll see. I mean, might be nothing, might be something. He's an intriguing, uh, guy who emerged last summer. So we'll be getting into that. Very shortly, of course, we will be reviewing the Miami Heat game and the Indianapolis Colts. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) The Indiana Pacers and the Los Angeles Lakers, which just ended right before I started recording this show. So that's why I wanted to get all three games in to this episode. So with no further ado, we will do those game reviews and then McCants and Kelvin Booth in segment number three. So we'll be back to those game reviews right after this. Here on the sportstuff.com, get on board the Viking ship with Purple Mafia. We will talk about the new Purple People Eaters and the best running back in the NFL, Adrian Peterson. This team is ready to make a move forward. Purple Mafia is available on the sportstuff.com along with iTunes and Mediafly. Simply download and listen to the most honest and passionate Vikings coverage. And we are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, episode number 20, a reminder for iPod users. Also, please do check out Purple Mafia, Minnesota Vikings podcast. Probably will finally get a new one. Out for that this week, talk a little bit about Michael Vick, possibility of Michael Vick being in the Vikings' plans this coming season. We shall find out about that. Well, let's talk about our current team, the team that this podcast centers around, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Well, the Timberwolves went 1-2 and two since episode number 19, a win at Miami, a loss to Indianapolis, and a loss to the Lakers or Indiana. I keep calling them Indianapolis for some reason. Been watching too much football, huh? No. Um, well, the first game was just an outstanding game against the Miami Heat. This was one of the most entertaining games I've seen all year. Uh, the Timberwolves actually, all three of these games are very entertaining, but this one, the funnest because 
The Timberwolves, folks. The Timberwolves. Yes, our team shot 53%, almost 54%. 63% from three-point range. Are you serious? Are you serious? They went 14 to 22 from downtown, folks. Usually it's the other way around, right? Like that, just the Washington Wizards the night before. When I was ranting about Mike James hitting two threes at the, at the end of the fourth quarter, that was a little frustrating. Well, another point guard who doesn't always have the best reputation across the league went six of ten from three point range and was a killer against the Miami Heat, Sebastian Telfair. A career night for Sebastian Telfair, other than the five turnovers, which were a little frustrating because he was a little bit out of control, got a little too excited. Shot 50% overall from the floor, 7 of 14, but as I said, 6 of 10 from three-point range. This was nuts. Uh, all 10 free throws hit all 10 free, free throws, 30 points, 8 assists in the game. Absolutely fantastic. Sebastian Telfair just shined bright. Gomes also 3 of 4 from three-point range. So Ryan Gomes, huge in this game as well. But uh, before I get too far ahead of myself, the Miami Heat started out this game looking like they were going to kill the Timberwolves. I mean, this game looked like it was going to be just a road to destruction for our club. Dwayne Wade getting off to just a ridiculous start, kicking everybody's butt early on. Jermaine O'Neal off to a strong start as well. He actually looked pretty good. Early on, anyway, overall was 6-9 to nine from the floor. Only one frickin' rebound, though, for Jermaine O'Neal, who over his career has averaged 7.7 rebounds. That is pretty weak. That's pretty weak for a guy who's supposed to be a center. Come on. That is one thing, major complaint for Jermaine O'Neal. And I can't imagine that's going to help the Miami Heat to have a center that can't rebound. As much as I like, you know, as much as I like the idea of Jermaine O'Neal on the Miami Heat with Dwayne Wade, I don't know. I don't know what to think about the fact that he can't rebound. That does, <laughs> that's a problem, right? Oh, and by the way, yeah, as I mentioned, Sean Marion traded for Jermaine O'Neal. I believe I said that in the previous show. But, uh, yeah, this was Jermaine O'Neal's first game with the Miami Heat. As they were energetic, ready to go from the start, pretty much killing the Timberwolves early on. The score was 31-20 to after the first quarter, but the Wolves come blazing back with an eight-point victory in the second quarter, going into halftime, trailing only by one. You got to like that. Timberwolves only trailed by one. Or, excuse me, by three. Excuse me. After, at the, at the half. So not too bad. 49-46. to 46, Not too bad at all. It's like, hey, this team is right in it. We'll probably lose, though, right, because it's a road game. And, you know, Miami's a better team. And Dwayne Wade's playing out of his mind because he's just probably the best player in the league the way he's going right now. Might be the hottest player in the entire NBA right now, despite the fact that uh, things in his outside life ain't going so well with his wife. Not so good. Or former wife, excuse me. Yeah, some some weird stuff going on there. But we won't really get into that. Mario Chalmers, as I try not to cough here, Mario Chalmers doing, uh, you know, showing us once again, you know, that how nice he would have looked in a Wolves uniform, how how good, how productive he would have been for us, getting three steals in the game, three assists. Overall, his stats not so great, only 12 points. Did foul out very late in the game. That was good news. Fouled out against Telfair, who, again, was just lights out. Later in the game, the Timberwolves, 36 to 24 in the third quarter. It's like, you gotta be kidding me. I can't believe it. We're actually gonna beat the Miami Heat, or at least have a chance to beat them on the road. Hey. 
Didn't really see this coming. Dwayne Wade just continuing to hit shots down the stretch. I mean, the guy was virtually unstoppable. Though it was only one of five from three-point range. That was the lucky part. Ryan Gomes, eight of 14 overall from the floor. Kevin Love, very solid, very solid. This was his last good game, you could say, uh, before, you know, he kind of, he's starting to kind of get in some of that rookie, starting to get some of that rookie fat back on him, if you know what I mean. Not, yeah, kind of struggling a little bit in the next couple games. Uh, Foy overall was pretty good, but the problem with Randy Foy, though, notice he only played 25 minutes. He had two fouls three minutes into the game, and they were pretty ticky-tack, you could say. Pretty ticky-tack. Kevin McHale was a little beside himself. Foy was just kind of had that long stare in his eye like, I can't believe this. Sit down, son. He had to get got back in late in the second, or early in the second quarter. Boom, foul number three, back to the bench. Just that was awfully frustrating. But fortunately, became a factor later in the game. Only had one more foul, thank God. <laughs> but, yeah, as I said, a huge factor down the stretch. 50% from the floor, 2 of 4 from 3-point range, 50 and 50 in both areas. Uh, I have a strong feeling Randy Foy would have really looked, would have, well, his numbers would have been a lot higher had he had been able to play about 10 more minutes in this game, maybe even, you know, up to about 40-something like Telfair, who was just playing out of his mind. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Sebastian Telfair played this well because, hey, the possibility of the rumor, the rumor that was all over the place, Kirk Heinrich could be coming to the Timberwolves. In hindsight, I'm glad that didn't happen because when, you know, it's just, you know, thinking it over, that probably wouldn't have been the best idea. Do you really want to mortgage the next three or four years with Kirk Heinrich? I don't know. I don't know. What what if we got a more talented point guard in the draft instead? Because I'm sure that's very possible in Jeff Teague. Or uh, maybe Ricky Rubio, if we go that direction, or James Harden at shooting guard. Who who knows where this team is going to go. Um, but Rashad McCants riding the pine that night because, well, the Timberwolves, well, they had no reason to play him for one. And second, they had something up their sleeve. As right after this game, the whole deal went down to the Sacramento Kings. We'll get into that in the next segment. But uh, overall... A very entertaining game in the fourth quarter. Sebastian Telfair and Ryan Gomes and Foy hitting threes. Uh, Mike Miller, who only shot the ball four times, turned the ball over six times. It was a little bit out of control as he would drive to the lane and make passes. As, uh, he's, he's really trying to make plays for other people, and it shows nine assists in this game, and a lot of them are pretty sweet passes, uh, just spectacular passes, a lot of them. Uh, Craig Smith. And Kevin Love, the main beneficiaries of those passes by Mike Miller. Uh, those two big men doing great and uh, really picking up the numbers. Brian Cardinal, a factor in this game. Uh, I thought this could be possibly be his last game with the Wolves, and it was a nice audition to finalize the trade, saying, hey, you know, he, he can be a factor on a team. He had 10 rebounds, Brian Cardinal, a, a season high, seven points. You could say his best game of the year was a pretty big factor. In about 16 and a half minutes, 7 points, 10 rebounds, as mentioned. Craig Smith returning from the rib injury, 10 points, 5 rebound performance. Not bad at all. Of course, as mentioned, beneficiary of Mike Miller passes. That were pretty sweet. 9 rebounds also for Miller, but Gomes with a nice solid 20-point night. Uh, really, Ryan Gomes and Randy Foy have stepped up big time in Al Jefferson's absence, they have just really been piling on the points. And Telfair, a little up and down at times, but 
for the most part, has been stepping it up as well, as he's been scoring more points than he had been before Jefferson's injury. So everybody trying to kind of factor in and add to that major loss of about 23 points a game in Al Jefferson. The Timberwolves, of course, do get it done. Big clutch shots by Foy and Telfair down the stretch. Dwayne Wade hitting a big three, though, to get things to get the Miami Heat a one-point lead late in the game. I was just shaking my head like, man, I just knew he was going to make that. But fortunately, the Wolves get it done down the stretch as they hit take the lead on those three-pointers by our outstanding backcourt in this game. And uh, Telfair continuously fouled down the stretch, and he made all of them. And that's just all there is to it. They just got it done. Wolves win 111 to 104, and that's what counts. And then a very entertaining game on the 20th of February, of course, the day after the trade deadline. Nobody available, even to this day. <laughs> Sheldon Williams and Bobby Brown unavailable because Rashad McCants had still not taken his physical for the Sacramento Kings because the Kings were out of town. Kind of frustrating. So no Sheldon Williams tonight, even against L.A. But uh, a very entertaining game Friday night, Indiana Pacers who are only 23-34, and 34, but the Wolves, of course, five games worse than the Pacers. A team that I think is more talented than the record would indicate. I mean, I, I don't know. I I think they're a little better than that. A little bit. Jared Jack is a nice, solid point guard, nice, solid physical point guard who can play defense and kind of can do it all. Look at this, 18.5 assists, four rebound, two steals. That's pretty good. He even threw in a block. That's not too bad. DJ Ford always been a solid point guard. Um, probably would have been better if just not so many injuries in his career. A lot of scary ones that could have gotten him crippled, which is really sad. But, uh, hey, he, he's a survivor. Marquise Daniels has been playing really well for the Indiana Pacers of late. He's, he's the hot hand over there. He was 11 of 18 for the floor with 24 points in this particular game. And Troy Murphy is, is their double-double king. Um, definitely not a good defensive player is Troy Murphy, but he'll hit those threes. Three of six from the floor, 16.14 rebound performance. Got it done in their massive center, Roy Hibbert. Three of six from the floor, seven rebounds. Uh, uh, you know, got four personal fouls, still not really adjusted to the NBA style of yet. And the infamous Roshan Asterovich added eight points off the bench as Roy Hibbert already the center of the future for the Indiana Pacers. Because Roshan Asterovich is the center of the nothing. He is Casper the Friendly Ghost, Mr. Invisible. That's pretty much how I see Roshan Asterovich. But uh, the overall top player of the entire night, the guy that had foul trouble the previous night, you know, he got five fouls in this game as well, unfortunately. Troubles down the stretch, guarding Daniels, Ford and Jack at times. But he did have 36 points, folks, 36 points for Randy Foy. He was 5 of 8 from three-point range, got hot late, and uh, just overall had a great game, 13 of 23 from the floor, over 50% shooting overall by Foy, getting it done on the stretch, 5 of 7 from the free-throw line as well. Telfair not even close to the magic of the previous night, hit one Three-pointer and overall, one of nine from the floor. That was the only shot he made was the one three-pointer. One of five from downtown and only made two of five free throws. Boy, what? where's the magic, Sebastian? Five points for him. 
Six assists, not bad, and, and zero turnovers, so that's cool. That's cool. Kevin Love also, though, getting in foul trouble in this game. Was able to pick up 12 rebounds in only about 22 minutes. Kevin Love just wasn't his night at all, one of five from the floor, and that's most unfortunate. But, hey, you can't really count on too much from Kevin Love at this point. Mike Miller, well, he had a good line except the fact he had seven turnovers, but you know, seven turnovers for Mike Miller. Again, trouble he, he hanging on to the ball, making some reckless passes. But five assists, thankfully, eight rebounds to go with his 18 points. Seven of 12 from the floor. Miller absolutely has found his shot again, and it's nice to see. It, you know, it couldn't come at a better time when you've lost that your, your star player in Jefferson. Ryan Gomes, huge down the stretch with 26 points, 2 of 3 from 3-point range, 10 of 19 from the floor, as Ryan Gomes absolutely has been playing his best basketball, I could say, as a Timberwolf, as he has just been absolutely huge for the Timberwolves of late. Absolutely huge. But this game was just not the Wolves' night. The Indiana Pacers led this game throughout, and they won every quarter except the fourth, as a uh, Fourth quarter, the Wolves kind of made kind of a they, they made a, a bit of a comeback. They made it interesting, but it just wasn't enough, and uh, very frustrating. They couldn't make any stops. The, and the Indiana Pacers getting 112 points on you is just just a little frustrating. Uh, one other thing of note is Kevin Ollie making his return. Played about 17 minutes. wasn't too bad. It was nice to see him again, but he wasn't a major factor really. Not, not really, and they can't really expect too much out of him in his very first game back from being out for about six weeks with that uh, fractured elbow. Very, very frustrating. Um, another stat I'll mention super quick is Gomes in February is averaging 16.3 points a game. Yeah, uh, three points a game higher than the previous month and about seven higher than he did in January. Pretty good stretch for Ryan Gomes. He is hitting the three-pointers at about 40%. So far this month, and the, yeah, the month's almost over, by the way. Nine games in at this point in time. Yeah, it's officially ten after tonight, but you get the idea. Gomes playing some really, really nice basketball for your Timberwolves. And, of course, Cardinals still here. Still here, one of two from the floor. Played a lot of minutes. Didn't do too much. Uh, good defense, though. Didn't do much on the offensive side. More of He's more of an intangibles guy and good defense. Snuck in two blocks, which is really nice. And Jason Collins, they have dusted off Jason Collins for the second game in a row. He gets about 13 minutes. Not too bad, and added two blocks. Unfortunately, three fouls, though, in 13 minutes. Hmm, interesting. It's not like the centers over there in Indiana are that scary just yet, until Hibbert gets better anyway. But, uh, yeah, not a good game. Not a very good game for the Wolves. Now, much more entertaining game. Another loss, but an entertaining game, is the one that just finished. The Lakers win at 111-108 to today, Sunday, 22nd of February. Um, Kobe Bryant was Kobe Bryant. Hit big shots down the stretch, made his free throws that he had to make when he was put at the line. That's what counts, but uh, before I get too far ahead of myself, a pretty close game the entire way. The Lakers win 29-26 to in the first quarter. And uh, they only increased their lead by one by the half. Not too bad at all. Just a four-point lead again by the Lakers. And the Wolves take a two-point lead 
after a very, very entertaining third quarter. They take a two-point lead into the fourth quarter. A lot of fun as the teams went back and forth in the fourth quarter. Um, I also mentioned that Craig Smith got hotter, got, just, just got on fire. I mean, Craig Smith is back. Played just fantastic in about 17 and a half minutes. Was 9 of 10 from the floor and was perfect until the fourth quarter. He made his first eight shots of the game. Fantastic. Um, yeah, he had 11 points in that second quarter. Absolutely awesome. Telfair refining his touch a bit here. 9 of 17 from the floor. May have shot the ball a little too much, but mm, overall he was pretty good. He was pretty solid. 20 points, 5 assists for Telfair. Really cool. Really cool. Foy, it overall wasn't his night, but he picked up some of the slack in that fourth quarter. Only one turnover for both Telfair and Foy. I will also add Foy making some nice passes to Craig Smith down the stretch and Kevin Love. Very sweet indeed. As uh, Foy, definitely a part of Craig Smith's run. He had a lot of those baby hooks. He was making all of them. Got some layups down the stretch on those good passes by Foy and Telfair and Miller. Mike Miller made a sweet pass to Kevin Love also in this game. Made one of the just one of the cooler passes. <laughs> really like the chemistry that Mike Miller brings, at least in terms of the playmaking skills. Hit some shots also, 6 of 10 from the floor. Mike Miller, you know, doing a pretty darn good job. Not Overall, not the best, but pretty good. Uh, Craig Smith with four turnovers in the game, though, unfortunately. Trying to do a little too much as he's when he, he gets the ball in midcourt, starts to Starts to try to make a move on somebody. You know, you are a power forward, Craig. You, give me a, you know, better settle down a little bit. Stop, stop, stop trying to do these spin moves and stuff. You know, <laughs> lots of turnovers for, for Craig Smith, as mentioned. Kevin Ollie didn't score a point in this game, was 0 and 3. 0, 0 for 3 from the floor, about three weak layup attempts pretty much by Kevin Ollie, but six assists in two steals for Kevin Ollie. Definitely providing that nice veteran presence and also wants to, as he said in the paper, wants to prove to, K, to, K, to K-Mac he can still play or to Mac anyway, that he can still play, especially now that Bobby Jones will most likely play in the following game. So Kevin Ollie got to <laughs> got to prove he still belongs, right? Rodney Carney, very solid. He was also a beneficiary of some nice passes by Miller, Foy, and Telfair, getting some dunks. He also made a spectacular block on Kobe Bryant in this game, flying up in the air, uh, swatting it away before the ball Started to come down, so no goaltending was called. And, of course, nobody argued the call, thankfully. Um, the Lakers could have used Lamar Odom's, you know, could, could have used games like this from Lamar Odom, by the way, in the finals last year. As Odom just went to sleep in the finals. He played 41 minutes, was 10 of 14 from the floor, 25 and 14 overall. 25.14 rebound game by Lamar Odom. Played like an all-star on this night. Um, had a tip in on a Kobe Bryant missed layup. I mean, you, Kobe Bryant doesn't miss layups for one, and uh, you're giving up an easy rebound. That's just not cool. That pissed me off as Miller and Jason Collins just pretty much fell asleep on that play. And uh, Jason Collins, I'm sure he's a nice guy, and he, he, sure, he sure seems like it. And Kevin McHale said he's been a really class act behind the scenes, being he doesn't even didn't he didn't really get to play all year, and he's a guy who's gotten consistent playing time in his career, but he didn't raise any 
muck about anything behind the scenes. Played 26 minutes tonight. Well, he was 0 of 2 from the floor. Scored 1 point, 1 of 2 free free throws basically right there. And only 3 rebounds. No blocks. Mm, Yeah, Jason Collins, I guess that's why he hasn't been playing. (laughs) It's just not a very productive player. And uh, like I said, did not box out at all on that easy tip-in by Lamar Odom down the stretch. That drove me nuts. It became a three-point fest in the fourth quarter, which was very, very entertaining. Derek Fisher, Luke Walton, Randy Foy, Telfair, Gomes, and Miller exchanging threes in that fourth quarter, just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. It was it was a beauty to watch. Um, as Foy finally started scoring points in that fourth quarter after a pretty frustrating game for him, I would say. He finishes 16 points, six, six assists, so, you know, not a bad game. He also had three steals and uh, a really big one late in the game that made a lot of us believe there's a small possibility the Wolves might actually beat the L.A. Lakers. Well, yeah, if it's too good to be true, it usually is, right? Too good to be true. <laughs> um, Kevin Love finally getting a double-double again, 11 and 10 in this game. Not too bad, not too great. Only 22 minutes, looked kind of... Frustrated on the bench in the game. Uh, couldn't really handle Paul Pau Gasol, who, by the way, was 9 of 13, 25 points for him. Pau Gasol, pretty darn big down the stretch. Uh, it was entertaining watching Kobe Bryant and Carney kind of go at each other. They're probably talking some smack. Uh, a lot of cuss words involved. I can only imagine between those two. Kobe Bryant is not the nicest guy in the league, folks, by the way. Yeah, you just thought I might throw that out there. It's a possibility. Um, this, this Jordan Farmar kid, by the way, he's emerging nicely. Six steals in this game, I'll add. Also, he had a pretty easy-looking three down the stretch, as they're saying. Oh, you know, he pretty much during his college career worked on the triangle offense just in case he wound up with the L.A. Lakers, being he is an L.A. guy. UCLA is where he went to college. Well, drafted by the Lakers, so that worked out good. <laughs> Could be the point guard of the future when Derek Fisher either moves to the bench or retires or whatever. Derek Fisher, though, man, he's going to continue to hit clutch threes down the stretches. The last ten years, he has been doing that for the L.A. Lakers in the Phil Jackson era. It has been frustrating for opponents, but uh, Laker fans got to love Derek Fisher, I'm sure. I am not one of the Laker fans, though, by the way. <laughs> Just thought I might run that by as well. Gomes, another 20-point game for Ryan Gomes. Shot probably too many threes, nine three-point attempts for Ryan Gomes in this game. That's pushing it a little bit. He, he's a small forward, or power forward, excuse, small or power, whatever the heck you want to call him. He's a forward. Um, I don't know if I don't know if you want him shooting nine three-pointers, especially when you already have Mike Miller, Foy, and Telfrey on the team. I don't know what the point of that is. We're not the run-and-gun Phoenix Suns. We're not uh, Dave Ang's club, so probably don't need to do that at this point in time. Um, but overall, it was, it was an entertaining game, and uh, anybody that got tickets to this game got their money's worth, in my opinion. You lost by three points to the best team in the league right now. Best team right now. But before I call a close to this segment, as good as the Cleveland Cavaliers are, and when you, you know, their record, they're, what are they, 40, 45 and 11, as good as the LA Lakers are, 46 and 10, ladies and gentlemen, the team that is 45 and 12 right now, the Boston Celtics. 
45 and 12. Boy, I was, I remember that perfectly. There it is in front of me. They beat the Phoenix Suns today, 128 to 108. I know this is off topic, but I've got to close with this, close this segment with this, uh, thought right here. Kevin Garnett was out in this game, and you figured the Phoenix Suns, who have just been pouring it on since Elvin Gentry took over, as they finally got back to the run and gun Phoenix Suns style, The Boston Celtics, without Garnett even, you know, Garnett's not necessarily known for scoring, but they put up 128. They adjust to any team's style, and they get it done when it matters, even when one of their big three is missing. I mean, this is just fantastic. 128, and it was in Phoenix, by the way. And, you know, people fill in. I mean, look look at Brian Scalabrine. Or Scala brings, excuse me, 14 points for him in this game. Glenn, Big Baby Davis with 10 points. You know, you look at their bench and it's not very exciting. It really isn't. You know, Leon Poe, Pruitt, uh, you know, Eddie House is okay sometimes. Guys like that, you know, Scala Breen especially. He doesn't rebound at all, a la Jermaine O'Neal. But, um, folks, I am 110% sticking with the prediction I made in October 2007, by the way, how I picked them to win the NBA title in October 2007 before I was a podcaster. Yeah, I picked the Celtics to win it in 2008. Yep. The Boston Celtics are going to repeat as NBA champions, ladies and gentlemen. I've been around basketball a long, long, long time, and this team is going to win the championship. That is absolutely where I stand still to this point in time. We'll be right back. Here on thesportstuff.com, we're toughing up on Brave the Wild with Paladino. Join me, Paladino, as we brave the Minnesota Wild Hockey Club on our way to the playoffs. We're available on thesportstuff.com and iTunes. The boogeyman, Derek Bugard, says you better listen or he just might drop the gloves. Call up your courage and brave the wild with your buddy, Paladino Joey. Back here on Timberwolves Explosion, episode number 20. Thank you again for checking it out. iPod users, that was a reminder for iPod users. All right, well, the Timberwolves made a trade. It wasn't for Kirk Heinrich. It wasn't for uh, Samuel Dellenbert, so don't get too excited. But there was that Sacramento Kings deal that I was talking about, so we got that one done. We got the, the low-end one done. Uh, it wasn't the players I expected. Is that's the also the other thing that always seems to happen with uh, when trades happen. It's always different people get involved. It ended up being for Sheldon Williams and Bobby Jones, two guys you, I never once, never once heard in rumors until the deal was basically done as Dan Barrero called into Justin Gard, the producer of the Paul Allen Show on KFAN, and said this thing is just about done. And Dan Barrero is never wrong. Because he's not going to report something that isn't virtually done. Yeah, McCants and Booth gone. Sheldon Williams and Bobby Jones in. Now, Sheldon Williams, as mentioned, was taken with the fifth overall pick in 2006. My friend, Marcus Belcher, the forecaster, Marcus the forecaster, was in love with Sheldon Williams when we sat and watched draft night. And we watched the thing from the first pick to the last pick religiously that night. And uh, I got my guy. I got Randy Foy. That is who I wanted. 
after his clutch performance in the NCAA tournament with Villanova. Marcus liked two guys, two guys that could potentially land with the sixth pick. He liked Brandon Roy, and he liked Sheldon Williams. Well, one of them has gone on to be the best player in that draft. The other, so far, unfortunately, has been a bust. Well, we have Sheldon Williams and Randy Foy on the Minnesota Timberwolves at this point in time. Brandon Roy is a two-time All-Star. Um, certainly not a league MVP type of guy yet, but who, who knows with how far his career may go. He's at very least a Ray Allen. Uh, you know, he has a chance to be like a Ray Allen. He's definitely becoming a guy like that, no doubt about it. Um, he needs to get a ring, though, before he can really put him with Ray Allen now because Ray Allen's a world champ. But uh, anyhow, before I digress too far, Sheldon Williams does land with the Timberwolves in this thing. And to me, I'm intrigued with that alone, the fact that Sheldon Williams was a star in college, and he is such a powerful guy. And when you hear a power forward talk about being, you know, his specialty is defense. His specialty is defense. Kevin Love doesn't play defense at all at this point in time in his career. Uh, I mean, he has plenty of time to get better. And I hope and pray that he does. Al Jefferson, same thing, has not really been known to be a, defend, a defensive player. Though Kevin, though Al Jefferson has gone from a horrible defensive player to a okay defensive player, as he at least blocks shots now and challenges people better. Whereas a year ago, he was a below-average defensive player. In Boston, he was a hologram. So far to this point in time, I think Kevin Love is a hologram. And I, I apologize to uh, you Kevin Love fans out there, but that's my opinion at this point in time. Kevin Love is a guy I wouldn't mind having on this show later on. I, I hope we can get that done, and it could be a possibility. And, um, hey, it's nothing against him. Uh, he, he knows it. He knows it as much as I do. I mean, how could he not know it, right? So uh, we'll get off that before I get too far. Uh, excuse me, Sheldon Williams has a quote here. You know, the Star Tribune, Jerry Zagda, or Zgoda, Zgoda, excuse me, <laughs> I can't talk, Jerry Zgoda. Um, different guys have different paths, said Williams. You have to work at what you have to do or find the situation. Some people kind of land in the right spot. I'm still looking for the right situation. Hopefully it's here and I can stay here for a long time. So Sheldon Williams, of course, saying the right things. And uh, I... Wouldn't mind if he was able to stay here a long time. I would love to see the Wolves get lucky, you know, once again. They haven't gotten lucky since they traded Daniel Marshall for uh, Tom Gugliotta. Maybe something like that could happen. Maybe uh, McCann's will be Daniel Marshall and uh, Williams will be Tom Gugliotta. Of course, Sacramento Kings chose not to exercise his option for next season at $4.3 million as uh, Sheldon Williams is an unrestricted free agent. And we're just going to have to see what happens with him. Bobby Brown, the other intriguing young player who very much intrigued the Timberwolves in the summer, an undrafted rookie, an all-time leading scorer at Cal State Fullerton, not necessarily known for a super-duper school, but, you know, could uh, it could be worse. So, um Definitely a guy who has some talent. Uh, Sheldon Williams also mentioned in an interview on Timberwolves.com that Bobby Brown is a 47-inch vertical. Wow, that's pretty crazy. He is a six point six foot two, one seventy-five pound 
point guard and he's 24 years old. So he, he, he's a guy I find intriguing. We're just going to have to see what happens. Thus far, he has averaged 5.2 points, 1.9 assists a game. Um, he also prides himself on defense just like Sheldon Brown, as that's what he said in the interview on Tabrules.com. So that also intrigues me. Sebastian Telfair, not known for defense. There you go. Kevin Alley, how much longer is he going to play basketball? Again, there. who knows? Now, Bobby Brown also is his contract situation. He will be on this team most likely next year as he is due 736000 We'll We'll see what happens. That is a player option, Bobby Brown. So that's up to him how things go. Uh, he sounded like he wanted to stick around, though, in that interview. Of course, he's going to say the right. You're going to tow the company line at this point in time. Both of them also said they're going to stay in a hotel the rest of the year, so that doesn't always cement them in the ground either when they when they talk that way. So we'll see what happens with this. Um, it's something to watch. Sheldon Williams intrigues me, being what he is. You know, he was a high, he was a blue chip draft pick. Bobby Jones, who knows? Who know, or Bobby Jones? Bobby Brown, excuse me. Bobby Brown, I've been calling him Bobby Jones. Bobby Brown, who knows what he's going to do this year. We're just going to have to see what happens. So with that, we're going to go into a poll here really quick. As I didn't read a response by Red Sten on a previous show, and I apologize for that. As I head there now, uh, this was a poll that I did a while ago. February 10th, and again, I apologize. The question was, will McHale ever be coach of the month again? And uh, 50-50, the yes or no, it went 50-50 there, so who knows what's going to happen. I personally thought it's possible as long as he sticks around. Red Stan's comment, I think he can be if the Wolves can get rid of Miller for a solid power forward center or small forward. They have a good shot at winning a heap of games again. It's an interesting thought. Um, they won't, of course... Being now, I can't, being, you know, before that was the trade deadline was still ahead of us at this point in time. Well, no. But uh, who knows? Maybe they'll trade Miller in the summer. He's certainly upping his trade value right now the way he's playing because Miller is finally starting to show what he can do of late. Uh, Red Stan responding to my thoughts. He says, ah, it's good to be back. As I said, it's good to hear back from <laughs> Red Stan. He said he was in uh, a trip with four mites to Oregon and Canada. So they got to like that. He also says he saw the Teals put together a very nice run. Al Jefferson is quickly becoming the best back-to-the-basket scorer in the league. All he needs to do is up his assists, get more help, and he'll be a superstar in this league. And, yes, as soon as Al Jefferson can get more assists and make people better in time, of course, that'll have to be next year. Yeah, he will be a superstar and get more recognition. Um Al Jefferson definitely was on course to be in the best back-to-the-basket score in the league. Is there? That's pretty much an extinct thing right now. Yao Ming pretty much scores forward. You know, Shaq is a back-to-the-basket guy, but he's getting older. Um, yeah, there really isn't much else. Dwight Howard, well, he, he kind of does a little bit of everything. He's kind of a super athlete, basically. Uh, so we'll just have to see what happens there. Uh, good thoughts, as always, by Red Sten, as now the newest poll today by, or it is regarding the trade, excuse me, and the question was, how much impact will Sheldon Williams and Bobby Brown have? The four choices are, enough to re-sign Williams, Brown is already under contract next year, that's in parentheses, enough to consider re-signing Williams, so not do it, but consider it at least, 
The third choice is little to none. Likely we'll just have Brown back because you have to. Four, Williams will be nagging, will be begging for a job and will be wishing Brown was gone too. So those are your choices. Please check them out on thesportstuff.com. Click on the podcaster section. Click on Timberwolves, and there you go. That is the deal. That is how you can vote and get involved, not just watch sports, but get involved, as is the slogan on thesportstuff.com. Again, check out TimberwolvesPress.com, which has always done a great job reporting news with the Timberwolves before anybody else on the Internet, as they did that with O.J. Mayo and Kevin Love trade and the Al Jefferson injury. They kept up with that great as Alec and Joe do a great job over there. It is terrific to be a part of that. So with no further ado, I'm going to call it a show, and we'll be back in about a week. Hopefully some more positivity will come out, and we'll see how Sheldon Williams and Bobby Brown fare for this team. (laughs) 